This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about the transition of brand foundation into a strong and successful marketing strategy and executed plan. Yeah, this topic really embodies our why of our partnership. And we have spoken often at a theoretical level about the need for brand in order to be successful in business. But today we're going to focus on the how of getting from a strong brand foundation to executing a strong marketing plan and then how to keep it going in the long haul. But first, before we get started, we have a guest today. We have Mike Hines, team leader at Build Collective, located right here in Cincinnati, Ohio, joining us to help us put some emphasis and give a really good example of where this is happening today. Hey, everybody. Mike Hines here. Uh, Appreciate you guys having me on board today to talk a little bit about this. I'm in good company with you two on here, but love to share a little bit about how our company Build Collective. We're obviously here in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's how we've gotten to know each other, but be happy to share all kinds of details about who we are, who our team is, all that kind of good stuff. So thanks again for having me, guys. Awesome. So without further ado, we will jump right into the four key ways to execute a strong and lasting marketing strategy. All right. The first one here, tighten up your brand. And you guys know me. I love to talk about brand. So I will kick this one off and then give Anne and Mike some time to talk about some of this too. But if there is ever a time to re-examine your brand. It's always, always before a major marketing push because your brand cannot succeed even with the best marketing plan in place if it is not clear why you exist, who you are serving, and why they should want you. And even if you think you have a strong brand, it does not hurt to double check. There might be things you can tweak. There might be complete outages based on the strategy you're thinking about. There could be a new competitor in the space. There could be a new consumer out there. So we like to say that your brand is a living, breathing thing. And this is one of the reasons why, because when you're going to go and you're going to execute and you're going to put forth a lot of effort for your marketing, you want to make sure that your brand is really set. To be really specific, brand includes things like your brand story, your logo, your colors, your topography, your photography, all your visual elements, and all of your verbal elements. So your brand character, your tone of voice principles, your messaging strategy. It's a lot of things, guys. Just make sure that you go back and check and make sure, one, that you have all of these, and two, that they are focused and right on for your potential strategy. And this is really about, in total, being clear on your why. So you might have all of these elements. We mentioned the why right at the beginning. If they're not working consistently together to tell a cohesive message around why you exist, and that's like a single sentence, why do I exist, then you probably need to go back, do some work, solidify that brand foundation, and then go forth with your strategy. And and this is really re-articulating why you are a brand. And if you recall, the brand definition in April just alluded to this is the who am I, how am I different, and why do you want me? And if you need more education on brand, check out episode 13, the four reasons you must focus on your brand to build a successful business. And we go into a super amount of depth there. But this is the fundamental reason why you exist. And it has to be foundationally clear in order for you to build a marketing campaign on top of it. 
Yeah, and Mike, I know you guys have recently done this over at Build Collective, so um, you want to talk a little bit about yours? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. So, so uh, for those of you who don't know what Build Collective is, essentially we are a real estate marketing team uh, that works in the new construction space. So, if you can't tell from our our name, we are we're called Build Collective because we're a collective of all kinds of individuals, companies. It could be builders, architects, you name it, all coming together. But mainly, we're the hub that helps folks that want to build houses. So it's really a hard positioning statement to just say with one, you know, with, with one or two words, really, we always have to kind of share our story. So our brand is actually over the past few years, I said, I should say past decade has really had quite a bit of a evolution. If you don't know us, you probably wouldn't know other names. I mean, we started off as Coal Banker, New Homes and Land, and then we became Build Cincinnati. And then we became Build Collective about two and a half years ago. <laughs> the reason we've changed so many times is because really it's, we didn't know how to explain who we were in the marketplace. So we've over the years refined it and we still refine it today. Like our brand with a hundred percent certainty is not perfect. I'm pretty, I hope I can use the word anal because I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> anal when it comes to our brand. No. Um, I've listened to a, <laughs> is that off limits? I didn't get a list of words I can and can't say. I didn't know what PG or nah. you know, where we were on the podcast. So, um, but again, go, alluding back to our West Side chat before the podcast, I'm pretty sure I can get away with probably anything right now. Don't, um, don't drop any but, F-bombs and we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I promise I won't. I know Sam may be listening later on, so I'll make sure we don't do that. Uh, but but so, so with that, on, on our brand, like I just, I like understanding what we're going to get in every application. So whether it's social media or it's, you know, a marketing piece for a house. We wanted to to, to really express kind of what we do in, in the right way and exude the right feelings. So that's kind of it with our brand. So our, our whole two and a half years ago, we went through a completely complete brand refresh and that's where we are now. But by no means do we have it figured out. Yes, we know our fonts and we know what our logo looks like and we know how it lives in certain spaces, but we're always finding new ways to use it. So hopefully that's kind of a, a direction that with what you were just saying, as far as tightening it up, we're always tightening it up and tweaking it to make it better. Hey, Mike, what what instigated the whole brand refresh for you guys? So it's funny. We started doing some work in in Kentucky. And to be called Build Cincinnati when you're doing some work in Kentucky Uh, didn't exactly mm -hmm. look well. So that's kind of what started it. And then also, we just realized, you know, Build Cincinnati didn't exactly explain who we were. Build Cincinnati came from our website. When we were New Homes and Land, we were literally buildcincinnati.com. So that was what brought the new name. Um, It's what people kept saying, hey, those are those build guys. Uh, and that's kind of what started it. And then we realized we didn't really have our act together. So if you know what a real estate team is, it's essentially just a real estate agent with a bunch of other folks working with them. Now it could be a group of real estate agents or whatnot. And for us, it was entirely a group of people. So it was myself, my dad, my brother works with us, Becky, who's our operations and marketing manager, Emily, who does a lot of our marketing design, all these folks. And then we had the next layer, which was all of our builders. And we were what we like to call like as a tag along brand. So essentially it'd be the builder we'd work with and then build collective would either be out in the public or could be behind the scenes, but really it was all about the builder. So we just wanted something that could tag along with the builder really well. So that's when we realized we need to refine and we're actually going through another uh, refining you know, episode right now with our brand to make sure it still works because real estate signage is really hard because we have a broker. So we have a whole lot of rules that we have to follow that make to make sure we follow the state guidelines or broker guidelines. So it's branding can be fun, but it can also be really, really restrictive and really uh, difficult at times, which 
it's the good and the bad, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's never yeah. easy, but that's kind of what, what I know that's a long answer to your question, by the way. So sorry. <laughs> no, but I, I think, um, I mean, from a pure branding perspective, that journey, I think, exhibits exactly the type of thing we talk about with our clients. Um, and when you're brave enough to change, to define it appropriately, I mean, to me, Mike, we've known each other for years. I could never really cohesively tell anyone what exactly it was you did within real estate. But I think the collective piece is really interesting because because it automatically signals that something is different. And that collective alludes to much bigger than just, you know, the retail group or the construction group or the whatever. And so when you guys chose that name, I was like, oh, that just makes a ton more sense because it is it does give the sense of everything you could possibly do, and then that there's a bigger level of people involved in that. Absolutely. And you, you, can, you know, it's funny you say that, because when I grew up, my dad was in land development. I never really knew how to explain what the heck he did. He owned <laughs> yeah. a company called Land Development. And it was simpler than I thought, but really, until you're in that world, you don't really understand exactly what it is. Because when you wear so many different hats, you know, it's easy to say I'm in the new construction space, right? But mm-hmm. But just like you said, April, until you actually, somebody starts working with us, mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what we're doing. Now, if somebody stumbles onto our website, then it's a little obvi- more obvious, but it's because they're looking for a house to purchase. Mm-hmm. They're looking to build a house. Mm-hmm. And then that makes it a little more easy, but then they probably don't know the other components to it. So right. we're quite a complex business model and we're not always the same thing to everyone. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I think it just yeah. goes to show that like names matter. Yeah, I, I think people are so arbitrary sometimes with the way that they select their names. And, and sometimes you just do it just to get started. But it's you just went through like the thought process of like why names matter and how names can trigger branding um, and in re- recall and recognition um, in a very simple format. So I, I thought that's a that was a really good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really helpful. All right. Well, we'll move on to number two now, which is get clear on who you are going to target, which is also another one I'm going to take. And I'm going to guess, Mike, this is going to be a little hard (laughs) for you to clearly answer based on what we just talked about. But I'll do the setup and then we can talk about all of the different people you're targeting. So the old adage applies here, which if you try to be something to everyone, you're not going to be anything to anyone. And we have seen this so many times where we have clients who get really nervous when you start ticking the box and tightening in on who those consumers are. And they're like, but wait, what if we want a so-and-so or, or we're not really sure we wanted to find the age group or why would we only go after teens? You know, all of those types of things. And what we say is it's OK to have more than one target like we're going to talk about in a minute. But you have to be really clear on who the targets are and then why you are targeting them and why that makes sense. And really, you can't have a brand without having this defined target consumer, because as we told you with those three questions that we asked, the last one is, why would you want me? And that defines you know, that consumer. Why is someone going to want to be a part of your brand, work with you, build a house with you, whatever those examples might be? And like I said, it's okay to have more than one, but then you have to also have strategies on why they're there and how you're going to go attract them. It's it, it's just inherently so important to make sure that what you are offering matches those needs. And if not, either offer new things, say things in a different way, solve a different challenge for the consumer. Maybe you're not different enough from the competition. There could be a million reasons why it's not working. But the second part, after really making sure your brand is solid or or really in tandem, honestly, with that first step, is making sure that you have your consumer figured out. 
It requires a lot of homework. It requires seeing who else is out there. It requires learning what others are doing well or not so well in the space. You know, in Mike's example, for them, it was we're a little bit different than any everyone else, and we need to figure out how to put that into a package that consumers understand. I mean, it's all of those things put together. And so, Mike, I'd be interested in your answer on <laughs> well, all of your customers and how you go about really segmenting so everyone feels welcome and no one feels alienated since you do so many things. This is, you just nailed on the single hardest part of our business mm -hmm. because <laughs> honestly, any given day and who I'm talking to, it changes. You know how they tell you to, to create your elevator speech? Uh -huh. That is so hard. We've created about 40 different elevator speeches because <laughs> we're so different. Now, now we fine-tuned it a little bit over the years, um, but really, you know, what I like to say when people describe, you know, what we are, I like to say, I'm, I think of a real estate agent and a developer and then marry the two together. That's kind of what we are. Now, people that don't know what a developer is, then they're like, well, that guy didn't help me. What am I, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, so with that, essentially our target market, typically we have, we have, we have our B2B target market. And then we also have our B2C target market, right? Mm -hmm. So B2C is essentially anybody that wants to buy or sell a new home or land. So I'll give it to you in, from a buyer's perspective. It's anybody that wants to build a new home. So like they come with us and they say, Hey, I want to build in High Park or Mount Lookout or Montgomery, Madeira, you name it. Um, those folks would come to us. And that's, that's the easiest one because most people build collective kind of lens to that. Secondarily, also, if you're a seller and you have a house that you want, you think is going to be best as a teardown or you're selling a brand new home or you're a builder, then we can help you there. So those two segments are pretty easy. It gets more confusing when we look at the broader approach because really what we are essentially is we're a marketing and sales agency. Mm -hmm. So it's just different things that we're selling, right? So we're, we're either selling a new home or we're helping somebody, you know, project management that new home, or we go into it as if you just have an existing house, then that's to some degree, that's even easier as a resale because there's a lot less components that go into it. So we do that as well. So like with with all that, our target market essentially is more so defined by a geographic area, mm -hmm. which is the, the I-71 corridor. And then we take that a step further and we say, okay, hey, it's typically looking at these types of price points or this types of product. Mm -hmm. um, and we go from there. But we definitely don't, we know what we can't do, but there's in that, in that specific area, as long as we know the market, we know we can help a client out. Uh, hopefully that makes sense. And you guys are following me on that portion because it is broad. And then we have different experts within our company that focus on different things as well that may have sub brands with, uh, within our brand. So Underbuild Collective Brandy, for instance, focuses more on our existing homes. Mm -hmm. So she helps those clients that do that. So that's, that's where it gets a little bit more complex and you have to have personal branding underneath our Build Collective Branding. Well, and I think you hit on something too that we haven't quite mentioned really overtly, which is primary customers and then secondary, right? So, you know, Absolutely. like, you know, I'll use us as an example, right? We're going to be working with you. We're that primary customer who's going to be building a home, but we're also then going to be selling our home, which is where Brandy will come in. You may not you know, be our realtor if we were just selling and buying existing homes, but in this instance, you can and should play both roles. And there's a yes. need for both. That's exactly because if you get too many cooks in the kitchen, it gets confusing because then you have to explain there's so many different moving parts to a real estate transaction or multiple transactions. And we say transaction only because that, that's what it is when it boils down to it. It's just like buying anything. It's just there's so many more moving parts. So with that, if you can have everything under one roof, 
we can do a heck of a lot better because then we can coordinate. We can explain the situation better. Mm -hmm. It just, it makes it a whole lot better for everybody involved. And that's, we didn't do that in the beginning. If you talked to us six, seven years ago, we would have referred you to somebody else or, you know, you'd asked us if this person was good and we would have told you yes or no. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's where we've come to now. It's, it's that there's certain parts of the business. We have a marketing director within our company. We have an operations person that falls through. We have the components to do sell any kind of real estate. So it's really basically based on area of town and whether or not we know about it. If we don't know about it and it's too far away, we try not to, to, to overstep because then we just know we're kind of going to, we can make a mistake and not serve the client as well as we should. Yeah, I think there's some really brilliant things um, tied up in the strategy that you have put together for your business associated with what who you're targeting specifically. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned, you know, trying to like nail down your elevator speech, but really you probably have multiple elevator speeches. It depends <laughs> on who you're in the elevator with. And you have to quickly ascertain like, okay, who are you so I can give you the right elevator pitch? And that's why, again, it's so foundationally like important to have a brand story for what you're working from because you use slices of that brand story depending on who you're talking to. And then you got really specific about, okay, what's the needs of that target consumer? What are they going to expect of me? And let me surround that with the right team, the right expertise, the right content, all of that support structure in order to do that. And if you had gotten way too broad, there's no way you would have been able to provide that level of support and service to your consumer who is is you know, specifically define and who you're actually trying to serve in order to drive revenue for your business. So, I, you, what you, how you explained that was very specifically like tied to those like three principles. And I think, yeah, that's that's really smart. Just to summarize the um, the one thing I wanted to say on the, the point of the customers is that the the one thing to add to what Anne said is that you're very clear on who you do not serve and you yeah. hold to that. And I think we have lots of clients over all of our years where it's really hard, right? Like, what if you're in a time when the business isn't great? Or what if, you know, suddenly it feels like there's new stuff you should be doing, but it's easier to chase stuff you know? You know, we've seen so many different reasons why. But I think it's so smart to just focus, especially because it is a little bit complex and and not Mm -hmm. what people understand inherently, to say, we serve these people, you know, 71 corridor. If not, then we, you know, recommend them elsewhere or whatever. But the ability to say no to the wrong consumer is just as important as defining the right one. A hundred percent. That honestly, I think it's almost, yeah, it is almost more important, isn't it? To some yeah. degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would totally I agree. Yeah. All right. So number three out of four here, we have develop a plan for reaching your target. And this is really about kind of your where to play strategy, if you will, which is the right place at the right time with the right message for your consumer. And so that dictates that you do a few things. And and Mike, I think you guys have done a really nice job of um, exhibiting this. So I'll give kind of the, the steps of the how, if you will, and then let you kind of talk through and let us react, you know, so we can give you more compliments on what we think you're, you're doing well here. Um, like a plan. <laughs> but um, the first thing is really to get clear on your marketing channel. So we just talked about making sure your brand is solid, making sure you've decided who you're targeting and and really drilling down and being specific on that. And next, you have to pick the channels by which to reach those people, like I just said, at the right place at the right time with the right message. And so this really needs to be a messaging strategy by channel. So the marketing channel dictates the where, the messaging 
dictates what you're going to say in those channels and where to best reach people. And then we always encourage, and we actually have an episode on testing and learning. So really making sure that you develop a plan for putting things in market and seeing how they work, whether that's A-B testing or, or putting a little bit into multiple channels and seeing words, those kinds of things, and seeing what really rises to the top and then optimizing your plan. Because anymore, you know, we're in the digital world. We're in a space where content's changing all the time. You have to stay relevant. The marketplace in any business is changing really fast. And so you've got to have a test and learn as part of the strategy and the stuff you're putting out there. And then right behind that, we talk always about KPIs. So if you're going to test and learn, being really clear on what metrics or outcomes you're looking for against your messaging plan and your marketing strategy, and then using test and learn to achieve those KPIs. And then, of course, the last piece, which is the boring piece, but the budget and the resources. So really balancing what you have to spend and the people who are going to do the work for you, whether that's internally or outside partners, and building all of this into a little ecosystem of its own, if you will where you're accomplishing that plan and working on it every single day and making sure that you're on top of how it's going. So I, the channels is the, one of the hardest things is like you have this brand, you have something great set up and then where do you end up going? How do you tell your story? We struggle with that quite a bit there. Um, and that's something that I really feel like when it comes to you know our website, what we're doing, how we're doing it, all of that trying to like, where do we play? How do we measure? That's, we keep refining that. And I think that's an area that continually you need to be checking on and refining. And I think our website is probably our number one lead source for those people that don't know us. It really, really, really does help once we, once that you have that established out there and you continue to create great content, we don't really put many ads out there. We put more content out there. So people come back to us. That's helped us quite a bit. So I hope that's kind of going off of what you guys are saying there. Cause I know I'm jumping, jumping for a second, but on that number three, as far as how do we do, how do we reach our target market? It's a hundred percent about creating good quality content. So they want to come back and they want to see what we have out there. Now, unfortunately I plaster my face on it from time to time and we talk about it. So that's probably bringing us down, down a little bit. Um, but that is something that, that I think you, yeah. we're not going to compliment you here, Mike. Yeah. We're just going to uh, let you hang Now yourself. you seem like you're fishing for compliments. <laughs> totally. I, I, I thought that was a tee up. And I guess not, you know, but that is, that is really important. Is like understanding, like, what does our client need? What can we give them and how can we serve it up to them the best way? And then what's the avenue? What's the mechanism that gets it to them? And for us, it's it's our website. We don't really use much print media anymore just because mm-hmm. our message changes on a daily basis. So that's that's hard for a lot of folks because you mentioned KPIs in here. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has KPIs that they want to follow, but then understanding how to actually measure those is really difficult. Like I, I still struggle on a daily basis there. And that is probably one of my biggest frustrations is, am I spending good money and is the ROI worthwhile? And I, I'll be frank, I don't know most of the time. I try and I'm, I'm pretty diligent at understanding this. Becky, our operations and marketing manager, she has been doing this for 30 years. She knows what she's doing. And even now it's hard to really understand if certain things are worthwhile. Now you have gut feelings and you can see it and you hear about it from friends or from clients, but that is a piece of this whole thing that is, the reason I want to say this is I want anybody that's out there listening to know that if you don't feel like you have your act together there, you're not alone. I'm the same way. And we we spend a good amount of money on marketing. So just don't be, don't be worried about making a mistake or feeling like you're not 
you're not um, uh, re- you're not understanding your numbers as well as you should. So because of that, like, how are you making your decisions then? How do you decide if you want to stay with what you're doing or if you want to switch? So that actually, is, that's, it's a good question. And we make it pretty easy on ourselves by only doing a handful of things. Um, so, so for us, most of our marketing is digital. Uh, occasionally, we'll do uh, some small print print related items, but like, so for everything is like our website, obviously it's, it's a necessity, right? So we, we have to do that. And we, we follow our, our Google analytics to make sure that's working. Um, secondarily, our social media, Instagram and Facebook are the two, and then YouTube's, which I know isn't directly social media, but it's pretty similar as far as the media that's out there. Those three components, Instagram, Facebook, uh, well, I'm going to put Instagram and Facebook in one, YouTube, another, and then our website as a third, because we can, repurpose content. So if we're creating content, we can spread it over those three different elements. And no matter what, eventually one of those will work. So that's how we're really selecting it. Now we'll spend money on other items, um, occasionally pay for some PPC ads, or we will do um, Indian Indian Hill Living ad or something along those mm-hmm. lines. And we know those are mainly for awareness and we'll put it out there just to try it. PPC is easier to measure because we can follow that lead in the sales funnel there. Indian Hill Living, I have no idea unless somebody calls and specifically tells me they got that ad. So really when I say it is if we create, it starts for us, create good content, put it out anywhere that we think our buyer is, and then we'll be able to watch where they're coming from, but they may see five or six of those different things and we may not know exactly which one worked. So that's where I say it's kind of a, a, a sum of all the parts that are out there for us. Yeah. And for our listeners, PPC, Mike, what is that? Oh yeah. So it's, it's pay-per-click. So on Google, you almost stumped me for a second. It took me a second to, to think of what it was. <laughs> that, that was serving <laughs> it up, Mike. <laughs> yes. Yes. I literally, I, I stopped for a second, but no, so pay-per-click ads on, on Google advertise or Google and, and whatnot. And I know there's so many different terms, SEM, SEO, mm-hmm. all this stuff when it comes to Google and, and, and whatnot. So that's where it gets even over my head. And I know a little bit about about a lot, but not a lot about that stuff. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and I think what, you know, what I hear you saying there too is, well, number one, don't worry if you don't feel like you have your handle on everything, which, you know, that's why people like Ann and I exist. But even if not, and you want to learn and and do your own, I mean, it does take some time to really inundate yourself and then things change all the time. So it is hard to manage. But I think the other piece you said there which makes a ton of sense is not trying to boil the ocean. So not jumping into everything all at one time and being selective and sure, testing things out and from time to time trying this and, and doing new things. But, you know, you guys have your channels that you know that work for you and those are established and you stick to that and you check your metrics. And then on the other side, you pick a couple things here and there to try out and, and see if they go well. But, you know, I think one of the common mistakes or where people get paralysis and do nothing is when they feel like they don't even know where to start with a plan mm-hmm. and they don't feel comfortable testing and learning. And so they kind of end up in this place of like, well, don't I have to do all the things at once? And that's just not the case. Or they're worried that they're going to waste their time and energy. And I think what you're like, I think what's inherent underneath all this whole conversation is you have to believe marketing and branding have a benefit. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like having a little bit of faith that it has a benefit because if you don't and you don't do it, then you you're not going to necessarily know what you're missing out on. But we can guarantee you, you're going to be missing out. So. 
You're totally totally right. You got to be willing to 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 try and fail, and then trust the experts. We you know we, we know a lot about what we're doing, but trusting folks like yourselves to to point you in the right direction will save you more money than it will ever cost you. I think that's really important for people. And now, once you get once you once you understand things more, yeah, some people are capable to take it on themselves. But like one one big thing that we have here is we're busy in our office. And to ever think that we could keep up with every marketing trend that's out there is just, just, it's a fleeting thought because there's no way you just, there's too much out there. And that's why everybody has specialties in, in different parts of marketing because it's so complex. So you guys, April, April helped us on, on a project back, going back by two years ago. Now we were trying to name this tool that we were creating, which April is still in the works. Actually, I was working on it before this. It's, it's, it's changed quite a bit. So I'll have to share with you a little bit about detail of that, but it naming, for instance, in itself is so difficult. Yes. It's just, mm-hmm. just naming your company. And I know you mentioned that when we were talking about build collective and other, other uh, company names, that is so hard. And it's these feelings that you need to exude. So every part of marketing is complex. Know that you can trial and error and you can make mistakes and you'll figure it out yourself. So don't be scared of it, but also trust the experts. Don't take it all on your shoulders. Awesome. There you go. That's a payback for us. That's a good plug. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean it too, guys. It's totally true. All right. So number four we have here, and we've talked a little bit of this already, but put your plan into action. So, um, you know, we've been talking about like, yes, get your brand right. Know who your consumer is. Create a plan. But then get stuff into the market and then continue to iterate. So monitor, learn, refine, monitor, learn, refine. That's kind of the method to the madness, especially with all the given channels and the things you can try and all of that. As long as you're pragmatic and you're doing things with purpose and intention behind the, you know, why you're doing them for your brand, it, it's okay if they end up not working and then you pull them out and try something else. I mean, that is the beauty of digital, but it's also the idea of not setting it and forgetting it. So if you do put stuff out and try it, but you're not gauging the metrics, like, you know, Mike, you just talked about, you know, we're looking at the back end of our website and making sure it works. And we're looking at pay-per-click results and making sure, or, you know, if it didn't work, then we don't do that the next time, whatever the case might be. But making sure that you have your eye on that at all times. And also really making sure that even when you are in a marketplace where not a lot of people are doing it, which I would say is, or doing it well, maybe, which I would say is your industry, Mike. And I, I know you guys are are a little bit different than everybody else and you have this unique place, but you know, when we look at the space, competition is more stagnant and maybe they're not putting a lot out there. Or they haven't redone their brand in a while or their website isn't as functional or they're not in the social space, all of that kind of stuff. You can't just sit and rest because no one else is doing it. And so I think that's one of the interesting things that we want to hear from you is why you guys decided. You know, we talked about the impetus for the change and the Build Collective, and that all makes sense. But why you continue to stay out there, because I think you do a substantially better job, um, first by being there, but then also by the iterative approach to the content and continuing to learn. And, you know, I mean, I see it all the time with with the types of topics you, you, you know, go after or you being on screen all the time, Mike, or whatever those things might be to put that effort forth and, and what you think you get from it. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's pretty much the basis and foundation of our entire marketing campaigns is our marketing budget is, is creating content for people to help them. So what's really important for us and why we constantly try to create 
content. Like April, you, it was funny because we did a video two weeks ago and we launched, it was five fun things to add to, to your house. I know, um, I loved it. And we were, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And you even joshed us a little bit. You're like, hey, you know, worthy. Where were these five things for me? This is a great idea. It's so funny. That Willy Walker room, man. I, I need that in my oh, house. Oh yeah, we talked. Well, that was where the Willy Walker room right? came from. Yeah, that was oh, where it came okay. from. Okay. Yeah, those. I mean, there's such fun things, but tr- truthfully, even for me, you get caught up in some of the big components in a house. You forget about the fun stuff because you're you're we're, we're worried and talking numbers and all of that sort of thing. So we put that content out to be entertaining, but also you know just to keep us in in a good place where we're constantly thinking of things that can help our clients and that we'll think through. So that that's really the basis of us. And and, and you said becoming stagnant. You know, any brand has the has could have an issue of becoming stagnant, right? Mm-hmm. They, they all, unfortunately, you, it's all about relevancy. And for us right now, people want to build houses because it's it's the next cool thing to do right now. Well, eventually, it, you know, it could go back to more remodeling because costs get out of hand. There's all kinds of things that could change. So we have to evolve and become more, stay relevant to our clients and coming up with content that's important at the time. A few years back, somebody had told us like, hey, when you're trying to come up, with, how are you coming up with your content? And, and we just said, hey, we're just you know taking questions that client asked during meetings and coming up with things, which was a good answer. And they, they said, well, do you ever struggle? And we said, of course we struggle. And they told us to look at Google and look at what people are searching when it comes to new homes. So you, anybody can do that, whether it's in, if you're in marketing, if you're in anything, just look at what people are searching and come up with videos or come up with blog posts any types of advertisements that answers their questions and don't, for us, we don't really want to have this big ad that tells everybody how great we are because nobody really cares. Let's face it. We're, and, and, and we like to think we're good, but you know, that could be different in the eye of the beholder. So for us, we want to instead, if we deliver content and it can help somebody and we're relevant to what their questions are that day, then we can win their business. And that's what it's really all about for us. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I would say just, Obviously, I'm, I'm in the process right now of working with you, but I think the content that comes out makes the whole category a lot more approachable. And mm-hmm. whether it's something fun, which obviously I loved that one because it was so unique and different and, and you covered some heavy topics around, you know, things like where abatements were going and all of that recently, which clarified for me, but also is, you know, needs to be countered by something that, you know, is a little fun sometimes. But I think overall, your videos come across as digestible and educational. And I think that, you know, you just said, like, one of the pillars of the content is being helpful for people. And so I think that definitely comes through. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's good that there's a plan. Because one of the things we often see, too, is people are like, well, our social isn't working. And it's like, well, how are you developing it? Well, we wake up every morning and just put something on there. And it's like, well, that that's not a strategy. So <laughs> no, no, that's and you know what? You hit on something that's really key. Is like it's hard for when people are busy. Marketing always takes the back seat because most people don't aren't marketers by nature, right? Mm-hmm. So we we have Emily on our team who creates our social calendar every month. So in the beginning of the month, this is literally like how how we do it. She creates she has a spreadsheet that's all the dates, mm-hmm. and she goes and she looks at okay, what are the holidays? What is is it the is it hot dog day of of the year or something stupid <laughs> like that? And then we talk about the best hot dog that's around. So stuff that's kind of fun that you may not search on your own, but something that's interesting. Where St. Patty's Day? Where's the best St. Patty's Day parties? It's nothing to do with building houses, but it's something kind of fun. In fact, we didn't do that this today, by the way, and we probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that kind of thing that comes up and, and you look at those and you say, okay, hey, this is just good generalized content that people care about. We're staying relevant in, in their mind, but planning is the 
best thing you can possibly do. And you need to do it, even if you have a budget of $2,500 a year, you better plan every single thing you want to do and know exactly how much, how you're going to spend that money. Because in the end, if you wasted half of it on something that doesn't matter, well, then you just kind of blew the coop and you're, you're not in good shape now. So that's planning is, is pivotal. Um, and that's something we've learned, by the way, that wasn't the way it was a few years back. Right. And just to build on that, you can't plan if you don't already have the strategy and you can't have the strategy if you don't have your brand really well foundationally mm-hmm. established. And I, I I think your your content is fantastic, but your content is consistently uh, represents your tone in a way that is really extremely authentic to you guys. You said approachable. I had that. I also, I was, I was just jotting it down. Like it's friendly. It's actually what we talked about, like the Midwestern nice, Yeah. but it's also educational, but it's dynamic, Yeah. you know? And, and I think those are in intentional characteristics that you are embodying in order to make sure that your content has life to it. Cause you could do that topic in multiple different ways about abatements and, you know, and, and what do you know about, you know, the different areas and, and, and all those sorts of things that could come off as very dry and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just very promotional, but yours, you are making an intent to make that, uh, almost entertaining in a way, um, but still adding in everything that people would want to know. And that is inherently coming back from decisions you're making about your brand, about how you want your brand to show up. And I think, you know, even down, because I, of course, I explore Madeira since that's where I live. I'm like, and I was <laughs> She's making... like sending me all these Madeira things. And I'm like, this is totally out of context. And I don't know if you're trying to sell me a house or tell me this is good or what. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about beforehand. Like the video that caught my eye was even Westsiders are moving to Madeira. So that obviously comes from like an insight mm-hmm. of like where somebody was probably thinking of like, hey, you know, as a West Sider, like, do I want to move to the East Side? And if I do, like, where do I want it? I'm like, it's, it, it's memorable. It's a hook. It like, it, it engages people based on the personality of your brand and based on, you know, one, being helpful, but two, being entertaining and three, hitting an insight that your yeah. consumer is, you know, maybe thinking about and you're positioning your content in a way that is going to appeal to them. So um, I think it all resonates that in, in, in a way that's very cohesive. And then as you lay it out into your website, it's very easy to navigate and it's very easy to follow. So um, I, I think it, it it just, it's a really excellent example of how you, your marketing could be way more efficient if you start from a brand that you can use as a filter to make these decisions these strategic decisions on your marketing choices. So it doesn't feel so arbitrary. So you're not as lost because as you put it out, you're doing all the right things and it's still difficult. It's still complex, you know? So um, that I just thought that that was a very fantastic example of brand led marketing. That, well, eh, again, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm full of great examples, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. 
All right. Well, we'll move on to our next segment here, which we call In the Trenches. And for our listeners, you know, this is where we give real world examples, which, you know, specific to industries. Obvious today, obviously, today we're talking about building and, and everything that surrounds that. But these situations have brought enough application that anybody out there should be able to digest and then put into action regardless of type of industry or type of job or type of company. So the first one we have here is we don't see a lot of marketing or new marketing approaches in our industry. How do we know whether to lead the charge? And the short answer we have is you should lead the charge. But this is a big but. You have to follow a process to putting the right marketing in for the right people at the right time against your brand. So those four things we just outlined and we've talked about, you know, for the past 30 minutes or so, those are all hugely important. But the point here is to say just because you don't see a lot of marketing in your space or new approaches, that gives you a place to be a differentiator. And I think that's what you guys do so well, Mike, is You've started with your target consumer. You've already redone your brand. You've looked at what else is out there, and you've clearly found a way to be better, but also to tell a pretty tough and unique story that isn't like we fall in line with you know, these types of people, and therefore you understand inherently who we are and what we do. And so you have kind of that whole job of talking about your brand, defining what you do in an easy way, and then connecting with the right people to then build houses or whatever the case might be. And so I think that that is, you know, it's a lot to ask when it comes to this approach and being one of the people that chooses to do it when it isn't going to be totally easy. You're, you're totally right on that whole thing with, with, with everything is like, like you don't know what, how anybody's going to react to anything you put out there. Just, to, I think that's one thing everybody should know. But really, when it comes to everything, just think about the consumer. Think about what they want. Like, I think that's probably the thing. Is, is does it like we all? I think a lot of people get so consumed with marketing and they want to. I mean, with when you're in the trenches and you're trying to figure out what you should do, it's pretty easy. Like this, my my whole philosophy is like, does it matter to the customer? Like, does it matter to them? You know, are you going to market to them because you want them to know this? Or are you going to market it because they need to know this? And that's where I really, really, really believe, like, if you always come back to that question, and somebody else told me, somebody much smarter than me told me this, by the way, it's not <laughs> something I came up with. This is, but it is something that that I feel like is very, very, very important. And if you do it that way, you're going to, you're going to, your marketing, at least what you put out is going to be in great shape and people are going to resonate with that. So that's, again, I'm robbing from somebody else, but I'll take it as my own. <laughs> and it's, uh. And that's where we always come back to is does it matter to the customer? And I think that's exactly right. And for those of you out there who are like, I get it, but I don't know how to do it. Um, there, I actually have a book out there. This is Anne. Um, it's called The Super Highway of Relevancy, Getting More People to Choose Your Brand More Often Indefinitely. And it's available on Amazon. I go through a whole process called a what-if ideation process that really helps you think through how to identify your consumer, what's the insight you're going to go after, how you're going to get best serve them, and then how are you going to reach them. So if you want that process, if that's going to help you in articulating that, go get my book. There's my shameless There's plug for plug. the book. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, and I think, too, um, we would say even if it is a seemingly, you know, blank market out there. It's really not because people are being bombarded with messaging all the time. So 
if you don't see it in your space, it can be a great opportunity for you to lead. But also, if people aren't receiving any message about you, even if you're in a space like you, Mike, where they might not need you right now, you're never going to be top of mind because you're not putting anything out there to compete with the myriad of messages they're receiving every day. And so it's just radio silence and something that they wouldn't think about. Mm hmm. Absolutely. That, that, you hit nail on the head, right? That's that's just it. It's like when people are out there, what, what do they call it when, when you're just scrolling? You're scrolling mindlessly. Like you, and, and I know this is just one aspect of everything, but if you're just, if somebody's scrolling, what are you going to get them to stop? Like, how are you going to get them to stop? And it's only something that interests them. So I think that's that's just it. We need to be, as as we need to realize there's so much crap in the world. And I didn't use the, the F word on this time, okay? Um, so much <laughs> Uh, sorry, Sam, but there's so much stuff out there trying to get our attention. We need to have, give them a reason to stop. And, and of yeah. course, even if they're in our space and they're in they're, they're like, okay, somebody wants to buy a house. So they're obviously raising their hand. They want it. They want what I'm giving them. If it's not, if it's just what I want them to see and not what they want to see, then they're going to keep on going. Mm, yeah. So that's really, really important. Yep. No, I think that's said perfectly. Um, all right. So number two here, what if we don't have the time to work on our brand first and just need to get stuff out there? So we would say we love testing and learning. We've talked about that. But you do need to at least use the filter of your brand and build a strategy that makes sense. You might not want to say, OK, this is the right time to completely change the positioning of our brand. Or a lot of times we have people come to us and say, I don't want to invest in redoing my logo. But you have to start from a branded place of some kind to make sure that your why is very clear. And then the experience is consistent as people see it. And, and Mike, you made a good point before about doing these things so that you can save time as you go through. And I, I know that reference was like, you know, get it right first and, and use the right people. But it applies here, too. It's like you think you don't have the time, but you're going to waste a whole lot more time and energy trying things out and throwing things essentially at the wall to see what sticks because you didn't start from a place of brand and then build your strategy to get to your consumers where they are. So and then on top of it, you know, even if it works in the beginning, you're going to get to a place where you either run out of things to say mm -hmm. or it doesn't work anymore. Your competition starts doing it better than you, you know, and so you might go into market and be like, yay, especially if you're one of the first ones and people aren't engaging. and It's great. And then all of a sudden it just falls off. Stalls, and yeah. that's the reason, because you haven't built the foundation to effectively be able to communicate to people consistently well in a way that they internalize and that also is applicable to them. Entirely. So, so on this whole thing, when you are, I mean, here's the thing is nowadays with brands, you can create a brand with by going to 99design in no time. And I'm going off that's, my That's notes. a bad that's logo. Word. That's a logo, by that, the way. That's a, that's a bad <laughs> word, Mike. That's a bad word. I know it is. So, yeah, it is just a starting point with 99design. So, that, that's the thing is, like, you can at least get the framework, then go to a professional and have them refine that. You, you know, they're not great. You can spend a little bit of money on it to get something going. There's folks anywhere. It doesn't take that much time. I mean, over the course of a couple of days. So whenever anybody told, tells me they don't have the time, I really feel like it's just really, they don't want to spend the effort on that portion of it. And I know they have to get started fast, but today's day and age, you can move really, really fast. And there's a lot of great folks, folks out there, especially in COVID world now, you know, where there's a lot of folks out there that, that would love to work with you and would love to move quick. So try not to use that as the excuse now and don't, but also, also don't get, not get started because, that's happening, you know, still 
forge forward, figure it out. I think most most people out there have a good enough a good enough environment of folks around them that can help them get to that position. So going off script on that part, and I threw the 99 design part out there, but I had to just because I feel like that's just an excuse and not really a good reason for somebody not to just get started and jump into it. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you. I think it's, it tends to be um, an excuse and, but it's generally, it's an excuse because people don't understand the value of mm-hmm. it. So if we're, if we're doing anything through this podcast and specifically through this episode, uh, we really hope that our listeners are understanding the value of investing some time in your brand. And I think you make a really good point, Mike, is that it doesn't have to be weeks and months in in years in order to get this formalized into you know something that you absolutely love in order to put it out there this is you know something that you kind of put into a structure but leave it flexible enough that you can continue to modify it as you're learning especially on the early stages and then continue to do so and continue to refine. And I think, you know, April, what you said about the testing and learning, you're, you're t- t- testing and learning on your brand too. Do it synonymously, but do it intentionally because mm-hmm. if you're doing one without the other, you're, you're going to like get it, disconnect them. And then you're going to get, like you said, down the road. And then all of a sudden you're going to look back and you're like, um, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean now? And, and you, you get distracted by, you know, the, the next shiny object. You get distracted by what competition's doing. And you no longer have a filter for making good uh, good decisions for your business. So, Yeah, well, and I think that's well said. And, you know, not whether it's not being scared away or, or really embracing the importance of these types of things, it actually sets us up nicely for the next one, which is if, if you don't have a full-time marketing staff, how do you divide and conquer? And I think this is another thing that, you know, you started to speak to, Mike, of using the resources you have to when you have them around and, you know, mm-hmm. you, everybody isn't going to have a full-time marketing staff, you know? Businesses are leaner, leaner than ever in a lot of cases, and we work with a lot of small and mid-sized businesses, and it's like, we just don't have the ability to hire people, but you also can't not do it, like we said. And so there are plenty of solutions. You know, we mentioned a few and okay, we don't love 99 designs, but we get the point that you're making there, which is you can get something jump started and then you can go and, you know, refine it or, or hire someone midway or, or whatever to, to be optimizing. You know, we talk all the time about we want to iterate and get things in market as fast as we can because we do embrace test and learn and it is such a digital world that you can change and elevate and optimize and do new things all the time. And so we have plenty of clients where we serve all through the the journey really of d- stepping in at different places and teaching and whether it's, you know, we step in as a hired professional at a point in time to help get people over the hump of the next thing or teaching people on staff where it maybe isn't their area of expertise or their full-time job, but giving them the tools to be able to do the marketing as, as a portion of their role or, or their entire role. Um you know, getting creative, which I think is part of what you were talking about, Mike, of, you know, where do we really need to spend our dollars intentionally versus where do we know we need these things, but they're not top priority, but then making sure we have all the things of our strategy. And it's tough and it becomes a balancing act. But I think if you keep your eye on, you know, like Ian was just saying, what you're, you're you know, you're being intentional and you're, you're following some kind of strategy, then you can get things done even if you know, you know, you're trading a little bit of the quality here or you'll go back and work on that more there. But the benefit is to get things in market to be present and to actually do marketing all of the time. And I think when it comes to that, like 
when you don't have all the folks that you need to execute something, don't go with big ideas. I think that's another thing is like, I'm, I'm notorious for this and we are lucky enough to have some folks that, that spend a lot of time on marketing. The bigger the idea, the more execution time and just be careful. Just don't bite off more than you can chew. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important with anybody that's looking to do something here. Just sort of do manageable little steps to get there um, and talk to your friends, you know, talk to, talk to people that can help you there. So leverage relationships that you have, but also if you don't have people that are internal to your company that can help you, don't be afraid to outsource either. If you have the time and money, and if you don't have the time and money, just bite off a little bit at a time to go, to go forward there. Yeah, I like to use my um, rocket ship analogy I knew it was coming. On this I one. was looking at her and just waiting. Mike, you can't see us, but I'm like, come on, Ann. He teed you up for the rocket ship analogy. This is my rocket ship analogy where if you uh, if you happen to be, you know, an engineer that builds rockets, like nobody would say, oh, yeah, I'm an engineer that could build rockets unless you've actually been educated as an engineer to build rockets, right? But everybody seems to be a marketer nowadays because it's so accessible, right? So, you know, it surrounds us. If, if you, Everybody feels like since they have a social channel, all of a sudden they're a social media marketer. Or if they watch advertising, all of a sudden they could create advertising. And I think you made a point earlier on, Mike, where you were saying, you know, touch Trust the experts if you really don't know. And this is not going to be a shameless plug for forthright people, so don't worry. But it's just a you know a a, a reminder that you know just because you can doesn't necessarily mean you should. Do And I think I like your point about the big bets versus the small bets. And we've talked a lot about this as well, especially on, from our, on our test and learning episode, which is, you know, learn and, you know, can test and learn on it. But if you aren't going to be able to do it to the fullest extent of what it's capable of, you're going to need to bring in help. And that is totally fine because just because, you know, you know, you can get into Wix and you can figure out how you design your own web, your website. It doesn't mean that you're going to come out with a quality website. And I think what people are missing here is a quality aspect of what they're doing. And what happens is you end up with something that you think, again, is good enough, but don't realize the potential of how it could be. And then when you actually do get with the experts, you tend to get kind of frustrated because you've already spent time and money and effort into developing something and the experts come back and say, e, we would have done it this way or we would have do it this way. So make sure, you know, you're, you're doing your homework in a to the extent that you really are assessing your own capability and being really honest with yourself. Like when me and April talk design, I'm like, I don't even like try. Like I actually I tried once I tried to do our audiogram and she tried to give me feedback and I changed it twice and she still wasn't right. I was like, okay, well, my own well, you just better do it because I'm like, <laughs> I'm obviously not going to do it the way you do. So I, you have to realize your limitations too. So like, don't try to be like the rocket scientist or rocket engineer pretending you know how to build rockets if it's really not your expertise. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, and we've talked about about this quite a bit. Like Anne doesn't even try anymore with design. She's no. just like, this needs a design component. I'm putting this next to your name. I don't even format anything because no. she changes all my formatting. But that's exactly right. <laughs> I couldn't agree with that more, by the way. I need to take that advice more often because sometimes I think I've read an article, so I'm an expert on something. <laughs> so yeah, like we need to be reminded of that constantly, that we're not experts in everything just because we've read a few things or somebody's told us a thing or two and marketing so easy because it's there's plenty of good information out there but the application of it's a different story excellent that's a yeah. very good point yeah very well said all right so our fourth and final question here is what benefits can we expect to see from our marketing efforts 
And what should we plan for with regards to goals? So in other words, how do we know it's working? And we've had some conversation already around this on this episode. And Mike, you mentioned like it it is really hard to know and to put those KPIs in and know what the right KPIs are even in some situations. And really, the reason is because there is no direct ROI tied to just marketing. And we say marketing kind of in quotes. And it's because what, number one, marketing supports all the other areas of the business and brand is the filter by which you do all of your marketing for the business. And so it is really hard. You know, it's not like, you know, in the situation of buying and selling homes, right? Like you can say, we sold that home, we made X money at the end of the day, and then you can chalk that up to whatever amount you're trying to make, right? It's a pretty easy path when you're talking money and metrics and those kinds of things. And marketing and especially branding, are just much softer. But we always say, pick some KPIs that are relevant, of course, and then measure. And then you can adjust those as you go. But the KPIs really keep you on track, on a path to achieving something. And like we said, it's a little harder to define those and the, especially the meaning behind them. But if, you, if you're doing social, you know, it's get to this many followers or get to this many likes or get to this many comments, like those types of things so that you can have something to say at this point, we want to get to this. And if it doesn't happen, then we need to change the message or try a different thing or, or whatever those those items might be. But really, you're trying to give yourself a way to assess your marketing efforts. And then also just know that as things start to rise, that is marketing working for you. I mean, there is, you know, it's proven that marketing works. To prove how marketing works is kind of the harder thing to do. But as you start to see, you know, you're, you know, Mike, you've mentioned awareness. As you start to see that go up or the phone starts ringing more or suddenly you're getting to higher end, like if you've set up things that you envision for your future as far as those KPIs go, when you start to see those start to happen, you know things like your brand's maturing or you've attracted a new customer or whatever those things might be that you're you're trying for. That's, a, yeah, I think a lot of times, doesn't it drive you crazy when somebody says, well, you know, this really isn't working for me, but my business is up X amount of you know percent. It's like, well, okay, how, how are you getting that new business? Is it the market that is carrying you through to that? I mean, like that's where, that's where marketing is so hard to quantify in so many levels. Like if I, you know, again, going back to PPC or some, if I run a social media ad, well, I can see how many views are watching it, how many people on that video are watching more than 10 seconds. I can, I can, you know, understand all those details. I can even follow the sales funnel to see when somebody comes through to me and, and how they do that. But if I, that doesn't mean that, that I can tell that that person that didn't click on it and didn't follow through that calls me a six months later, didn't start off their journey with us based on that video. So that's where it's so hard. I, I just, I have a real hard time with that. And I always want to understand ROI, but it's not a perfect science. And the people that haven't figured out, uh, I'm excited for them. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. Um, on that whole thing, I'm learning every single day and I drive our, you know, Becky and Emily mad with kind of some of my thoughts and trying to understand things. And I'm like a mad scientist with this whole thing and trying to trying to figure it out. But just know that like the KPIs we look for are there and we understand them, but I don't think that's everything. And I feel like sometimes if you if you if you trust yourself and you trust your gut and you see that your business is growing, be consistent with it and don't just pull out too quickly because if you do, you could make a mistake there. And I really, you know, 
what, what, I don't remember what the rules of thumb are for, for certain types of, of, of different types of marketing, but if you just try something for a month or even six months, you're not getting to see the mm-hmm. full fruition of what happened. So don't do that. Remain consistent and remain uh, dedicated to what your plan are. Don't get distracted by the shiny object. Which I do, so I'm get. I need to. I need to take re- your own advice. Right myself. Yep, exactly. I'm a shiny object kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just I'll just build on that because I think everything you said is right on, and and just kind of double click down into that. And a way you, you can try to connect the dots is by really looking at your consumer journey, and your consumer can take multiple different like circuitous paths, and that's totally true. But if you can start just putting some assumptions behind why you think something is working, it can help you try to figure out what that path is and what path is going to be um, the the fastest path for you to make that connection with your consumer. So for example, you know, I'll just use you know, one of Mike's examples for, you know, online videos. Um, that is purely based on exposure, mm-hmm. right? And then the exposure then within that is a double click of, okay, so so many people are going to see it. And you can kind of estimate how many people might see your video to how many people are going to care to how many people are actually going to pick up the phone and call or how many people are actually going to go down the path to maybe check out the website if they happen to like search and see your video like through SEO versus like go directly to your website. So you can start trying to play with... Um, how to connect the dots and making certain assumptions based on that to kind of predict if this is going to be a lever that's going to indicate sales. Because ultimately, you're looking for levers that are going to indicate sales or conversions or calls. And those, I've, I, we've seen that uh, you know, if, if a client starts putting some of the, um, the specificity behind it, at least helps them to kind of see, well, this is how much effort I'm going to have to put in here in order to get so much exposure. Mm-hmm. And I may or may not be willing to put in that effort. And we talk a lot about this on YouTube. Um, you have a really nicely developed YouTube platform, Mike, but a lot of people come to us and ask, hey, should we do YouTube? It's like, not unless you're willing to put a ton of money and a mm-hmm. ton of effort behind it, which you guys obviously do in order to build your exposure. Because if the exposure is the king of the game here, your exposure or the number of eyeballs or impressions or whatever quote unquote KPI you want to use is going to be what defines the conversion that you're actually going to get because you have to go through those percentages of kind of clicking it down. And that's the same for social. Social, the currency is engagement, your likes, your shares, your comments. The more you get those, the more the algorithm rewards you for that, right? So you have to get that in order to get that to click down to some level of conversion. So if you, if you think about your consumer journey and how your consumer might think through how you're how they're going to process through if you're the right one for them, it starts to kind of take a little bit more of a quantitative effect. And then you can start kind of figuring out do these conversions feel right or maybe these conversions are a little bit higher. You may not get the exact number per se, um, and I think that's totally fair, but you can at least start trying to figure out what might be the, the, the priority of the levers that you want to pull and where you want to put your investment as far as resources and time and money. Yeah, I think that's that's very well said. I couldn't agree more. And and also like that, your whole statement right there is exactly why folks need folks like you, you guys to, to help with their, when, when you start getting to a substantial budget and you're spending money, you need people that understand what they're looking. Cause I can talk about it. And, and I really am a novice, novice on a lot of these things I'm learning and I'm lucky enough to have folks on our team that know it better than I do, but you need folks when you're spending a good amount of money on, on marketing to drive your business. If that's what your business is, is necessary or what's what it needs to go to the next level, find people like yourselves that can help run that. I really truly believe 
you wouldn't, you wouldn't accounting, if you didn't know accounting, you wouldn't necessarily just go into a spreadsheet and start running all your numbers. Uh, you, you <laughs> this is like the rocket. This is your version of the rocket example. This is your rocket, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It just It's a much more basic version because I'm not as, star- as sharp as you guys are, <laughs> even on the analogies. Um, April says no, I'm a genius, actually. That's oh, what she geez. called me before. She says I'm a genius. That's <laughs> true. Hey, well, you're using the rocket ship to rocket science. I know where you're going there. I'm, I'm following those, those leads. <laughs> Um, that's, but that's it. I, you, 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 the way you just explained that if you, you sat down with somebody that was looking to spend, you know, a thousand dollars a month on Facebook to drive leads. Well, that that's a lot of money and that's understanding exactly how to, and I'm not saying that that's the direction that your guys' business goes, but like, if you are spending those money, mm-hmm. that money, I know you can do it. You can, you know, obviously hop on Facebook's ads manager and figure it all out, but just be cautious doing that. You need to have experts on your side. And there's so many folks out there that, that, that think they can do it and you end up wasting your money. And then you think it doesn't work because mm-hmm. you don't see the results, which in reality, it's not that at all. You just don't know what you're, the levers. You were just talking about the levers. You're not following the right levers or utilizing them the way you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's And we've made that exact mistake and we continue to make that mistake from time to time again. Um, and that's why we hired a company called Dippity, who's down south and their whole job is real estate marketing ads on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's exactly what, and they're, they're customized. So it's not like one of those platforms that just, you just automate some details and it put, spits out the ad. It's not what we're about. We say, Hey, we want to run a campaign that shares this content with somebody. And this is the result we would like to cut, get out of it. And they tell us whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea and how to make it work. And then they put it into action. So um, there's all kinds of little, little nuances within your world that are so complex and change on a daily basis that you need you need the right people on your side. Um, again, not to, not to, not to trivialize that you can't get started on your own because you can, but just eventually, once you start spending money on these to some substantial nature, just get the right people on your team. And we're gonna have an upcoming episode about how you brief in order to get the right people on your team. Yeah, so we'll, we'll keep the content coming, and you know, as you know, on these things, um, we like to end with a really great example of all the things we've talked about today. So how do you make sure that you translate your brand into an effective marketing strategy? And when we have a guest, we like to give that guest the opportunity to give props to a brand. So Mike, I'll be curious to see if you plug Logan here or if you go a different (laughs) route, but we're going to leave it to you to give the final example. Yes. Well, well, truthfully, there's there's one person I go to whenever I have a question on marketing. And as I, as much as I love you two, it is my wife, Logan, and she she runs the marketing. <laughs> <app>. <laughs> That's OK. We'll allow that. Uh, I, I thought about I had. So when I sent over the brief of, of the answers, they said, hey, guys, you get your, Mike, you got to choose one. <laughs> so I had like three or four on here of different companies. But in looking at all of them, there are so many brands I respect. There's actually other agents that I work with that I love and they have awesome brands and they do great things with it. Um, and we cheat and copy off them from time to time, just being honest. But my wife, she she is a, obviously a much larger scale company that she's working with and running the marketing. But whenever I want to run a campaign or an idea, I go to her just because she knows so much about this stuff. So with Mitchell's, they are doing a great job because obviously it's something that, that a lot of people are interested in. I mean, who doesn't want to get, you know, talk about getting massages or, you know, I always call it say haircuts, which apparently is not the right term and not what they're using under social media. Um, but <laughs> You're looking for a stylist. stylist. 
Yes, yes. I call, I call my son's haircuts. Uh, whenever I do his hair, I said, oh, you, can, you have a great haircut today. <laughs> and she, she goes crazy. But I know I'm digressing a little bit. But no, what they've done, and they actually work with a local company here in Cincinnati um, on their social media. And they've just kind of elevated with how they do everything. And it's just really impressive because they're able to do it not only externally with, with all of their clients, but also internally, which is pretty cool because I get to see their internal workplace and they're, you know, I think almost 400 employees and, and different stylists and folks that do it. And I get to see how they interact internally and externally and how that all kind of works together. So that's a, that's a lot of fun because my company is only seven people. Um, and and we, we know how much of a struggle it is with seven people. So when you multiply that by, you know, what is it? Yeah. That's, that's it's massive, you know, what, eight times? That's not eight times, by the way. Don't, I'm obviously not a good uh, mathematician over here. <laughs> um, so but you when you start doing well for the that, accounting job. So yeah, yeah we, we're clear. No, no, I'm obviously going bonkers <laughs> over here. But when, when I look at that and see what she's being, she's doing and the brand and the consistency and how they put everything together with their campaigns and she's up at, you know, one in the morning trying to make sure an email goes out right. It just, it's a lot of fun to see that on a whole different level. But also realize that the problems that I have with my seven-person company as compared to their massive company are almost the same. It's just on different scales. Mm-hmm. That that was probably the coolest thing. And that's what I wanted to hit on her because I do, she, she's very, she, she does an awesome job. And it's not just because she's my wife. It's just, she really is dedicated. She's sitting there with a, a two and a half week old baby right now. And she's typing on one hand, trying to get their marketing stuff out. And she has the baby in her other hand. So I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed by that, but really looking at the problems she has and they can figure it out and just know that whether it's a seven person company, 400 person company, or probably a 50,000 person person company, they probably have the same kind of issues just on way different scales. And that's fun to know. It's fun to know that like, Hey, it's all the same yet. So different. And that no matter where you are, you don't have it figured out. <laughs> You're always trying to find out what's going on. So that's really the main thing I wanted to hit on. Um, and maybe that's just because I want to make sure our seven-person company is seen the same way as a 10,000-person company. So it's just e- ego again coming back in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's a fair point and a good thing to end on. And, and honestly, you hit on exactly what we try to do, not just with this episode, but across the board with Marketing Smarts, which is – tackle problems that it really doesn't matter what size you are. You can listen, you can get advice, and then through in the trenches, you can get deeper insight into things. And so, Mike, I think you did a great job of helping us today show through the lens of one company, but also show the fact that it really doesn't matter size or type of company. These challenges exist and they exist everywhere. And so, therefore, what we're trying to do here is provide the support for people to be able to tackle their challenges. And so thank you, Mike, for being with us today. I mean, we like to ask, lastly, you know, where can people find you if they want to? So, you know, give yourself a shameless plug here. Tell people where they can find Build Collective or find you specifically. And we'll kind of end on that note. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So buildcollective.com is the easiest way. Um, you'll probably want to go to one of my other teammates now after having to listen to me talk for this long. So they're better than I am anyways. So go that route as well. Um, but no, thank you. I mean, we're, we're located right over here in Montgomery and we appreciate the time. And I, and I have to say just the amount of time and preparation I went into reading your brief prior to this is so impressive. So kudos to you guys, because not only is this great content, but it's so well thought out. When I first got my hands on this uh, a week or so back, I could not be more impressed by how much you guys know and how much you're thoughtful about making sure you're giving. Talked about content this entire time and the content that you guys are delivering on this 
is second to none. So, so thank you guys for uh, letting me be a part of this, but really I was just kind of riding the train and letting you guys do it. And hopefully, hopefully some of my interjections don't throw you guys off and give any bad advice to anybody. No, we think you've been great. And, and thank you for that. And, you know, this has been great and it's a, it's, it is a bit of a labor of love. So Thanks for pulling back the curtain for our our folks and letting them know the work that goes into really each and every episode. So we're here. You know, Mike's where he is. If you need any of us, you now know where to find us. And with that, we encourage you to go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here, and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.